a podcast for dads who love music, made by dads who love music. And now, your hosts, Josh and Joe. Hello, and welcome to Dad Rocks, the podcast about being a dad and loving music and how the two intersect in our lives. I'm your host, Josh, and I'll be joined later by my co-host, Joe, and our producer, Steve. Thanks to everyone who checked out our last episode with Rob Mitchum. We really enjoyed talking to him and really hope we have a chance to have him on again in the future. We also want to thank everyone who listened to the mini-sode on Apple Farm Arts and Music Campus, and a big thanks to everyone who donated to the organization. We know it's been a long time since you heard from us, but Steve, our producer, was on a much-needed vacation, and since he is the man behind the curtain, we decided to wait on putting this episode out, rather than put out a poorly edited episode. However, we do want to let you know that this episode, along with the interview with our guest DJ Vivi, was recorded back in the middle of August, so some of the conversations will be a bit dated. That is, if you're listening when the episode was first released. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. I'm Josh, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe. What up, Josh? And our producer, Steve. Hey, guys. Today, we're going to discuss how parents walk the fine line between supporting and pushing their kids when it comes to hobbies and interests. We'll discuss our personal experiences growing up and how we see things as parents. We'll also hear from DJ Vivi, an eight-year-old DJ out of New York, and her mother, Erica, on her interest in DJing and how it turned into a business during the current pandemic. But first, let's check in with everybody since it's been a while. Joe, how's everything been going with you? Things have been good uh, with me and the family. Uh, lately, we've been thinking about school, which a lot of us uh, <laughs> parents are thinking about. Josh and I, you'll be discussing this subject. Yes. Uh, school is looming in our future. And our town, like many other towns of giving uh, here in New Jersey, giving the parents options of either sending kids to school full-time, part-time, part-virtual, or just staying home. And we've decided just to, for now to keep our kids home. It just seems like there's a lot of issues and school has not been set up right yet. Yeah. And it's just too fast. And, you know, luckily we're home, uh, working from home. My wife is working from home for the for the foreseeable future. I'm basically home, but I do have to go into work a bunch uh, coming up, especially late August into September. Um, so it'll kind of be half and half. So we're lucky at least that one of us will be home and we'll just keep the kids home for now. And I think that is the big thing with parents right now is, is school, especially obviously with teachers and everyone related to the school. Um, but otherwise we're doing really good. Um, just focusing on our house, which we moved in a few months ago and just the nonstop list of projects which just stressed me out at times as I'm not handy at all. I can barely uh, just hammer in a nail into a wall. So, you know, I was telling Steve earlier that, you know, these dads sometimes that I see in the neighborhood are just like supermen. They can just construct rooms and houses and pools and tree houses. Yeah. And I just sit back in amazement. Like I don't, wouldn't even know where to start with this. My neighbor is like that. He can pretty much do anything. He hasn't he doesn't build anything on his house, but he 
has so much stuff in his garage. Like, and he just like gave me old things that he has. Like, oh, you don't have a lawnmower here. Here's an extra lawnmower that I have. Mm -hmm. Wait, you don't know how to do this. I'll show you how to do this. Hey, you need help with your sump pump because your basement's now flooding because you were fooling around with your sump pump. I'll help you with that. Here's a wet fact. Like that. It's like all these things that I don't even like. It's really Never key to have of. someone yeah. near you like that. I mean, for sure. I've, I've relied on my, my brother-in-law big time, who's helped us a lot with the house um, and just running over for simple things and just a few other dads that are one guy on, on our street. Um, yeah, it's really huge if you don't know what you're doing. And it's 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 stressful to like yeah. uh, try to go into it. You know, you have this list of things to do. But other than that, uh, still finding time to record my weekly radio show, Kick Out the Jams, which uh, does air on iHeartRadio every Thursday, 3 to 5, Sunday nights, 9 to 11, which is a lot of fun. But even though I'm home almost all the time, I still sometimes don't have time to record or barely enough time to record and edit it and send it in. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing that uh, <laughs> I just never have the time, but I, I do mostly most of the time get it in in time and it's just a blast because it's a great way to uh try to force myself to listen to new music so that's what yep. i've been up to uh, steve what's going on with you so hey uh you know just things stay the same uh with the day job actually it was kind of nice that my boss essentially said you need to go on vacation you haven't had vacation in a long time and i said i, I agree with that so, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I just booked a yurt that I had stayed in Colorado many years ago and had an amazing experience. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere in a place called Unaweep Canyon. And what worked out in a certain way was that I'm going to rent a car. I'm going to drive to Colorado, stay with my friend, uh, who I know is completely a hermit. Basically he's socially distanced to the quarantine degree. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but what's nice is I'm going to bring my camera, I'm going to bring my podcast mics. And I think what I'm going to try to do if I can work things out with my schedule is I'm going to work remotely after I vacation in Colorado. And then I'm going to drive to Nashville, maybe through Albuquerque way, try to hit like maybe old route 66 if I can. I'm still kind of planning that out, but cool. Yeah. What I'd love to do in Nashville Again, this is kind of pipe dream, obviously, because I don't know how available they are. But if I could talk to Ben Swank, if I can talk to Johnny Walker, because Johnny Walker, I guess, is in like Louisville, and I can interview them about the show, I'll be over the moon. Um, especially Ben, because Jack White is just going to be in proximity and I'll probably <laughs> exactly. have a heart attack. <laughs> exactly. So that could be cool. And then I'm going to head to Toledo and visit some old friends. And then the same thing. There's people in Toledo that I still want to reach out to, including Julie Wilson, even though he's like I said, he's kind of a recluse when it comes mm -hmm. to these kind of interviews. So I don't know what he's going to do, want to do, not want to do. So yeah, looking forward to just getting out of my bubble and also being constantly scared of who I run into when I travel. So I'm like going to get the COVID test and I'm going to get the PPE uh, disposable stuff just to kind of cover my bases. So it'll be interesting. Nice. Sounds great, man. I yeah. wish I could go on a vacation or a trip right now. Oh, yeah, but. you need it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, as Joe mentioned, the school year is coming up and uh, our governor uh, today uh, basically punted on deciding if schools should go back virtually or uh, in person. And there was there was rumors swirling for 
several weeks that he was going to announce that schools were going to be virtual for a while, like some states have been doing. But it turns out he is just going to continue on with his plan. And if schools cannot meet the health requirements or I guess the safety standards um, to open, they'll be allowed to open remotely. My school is planning on opening up in person 100% five days a week, full okay. days. And so I am looking into, because I, I do not want to go back to school. I am very anxious about this, uh, very concerned about my health, my wife's health, my son's health, everyone's health pretty much. Um, so I'm going to look into what my options are if this seems like it's going down that road, which it probably is. So that's very, uh, that's, that's been taking up most of my, my mind and emotions for the last couple of weeks. But my son is turning two this weekend. So that's, that's something to be very excited about. Yeah. And uh, thanks. Uh, We're going to have a small party with my immediate family, with my mom, my in-laws, my brother and his wife and my brother-in-law. And we're also going to be that same day going up uh, and celebrating my cousin's daughter's first birthday. So we'll get to see some uh, of the family as well. So, you know, last year we kept it really small for his first birthday because my wife's family doesn't do small parties. So if we were going to have a party, we were going to have to do a massive party of like 80 people. Like it's like that kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like we did nothing pretty much. We had dinner with our parents pretty much. And <laughs> so this year we were planning on having a big party, but, you know, the pandemic ruined that. You know, my son is now saying three to four word sentences when he isn't, uh, you know, just yelling out gibberish. It's great to, you know, see that he's comprehending things. He's able to say what he wants to do, indicate, you know, what he likes, what he wants to listen to, uh, asking us to like sit up or give him something. You know, he's getting more confidence in himself. Like the last couple of days, he's been going up on some slides at the playground and going down by himself, which he wasn't doing even a couple of days ago. But he's also getting into more things. He's able to reach things that he wasn't able to before. So we have to be a lot more vigilant and that's stressful and and be more aware of what's going on and observant. And on top of that, my wife has decided it is time to potty train. And that is, Uh, so that's going to be. (laughs) What a great, what a great time. (laughs) Yeah. And we're doing the no clothes method for two to four days. I don't know. So you know, she's going to be working and I'm going to be having to watch my son constantly to make sure he's not uh, pooping or peeing and yeah. identify what his so what is it? triggers are. Can you explain the no, no clothes method? So the idea is basically that you give him no clothes and you have to start figuring out and identifying and helping them identify what their, like their signals are for needing to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and helping them, you know, say, okay, you, you're doing this. Do you need to go to the bathroom or let's try to go to the, you know, to the potty. And there's a full like method. My wife watched a webinar on it. Like she has very detailed notes and the idea is to like not give them any treats, not, you know, make it something where they're getting rewards for it. It just should be something that they do. So you're just trying to okay. help them do it rather than being like, oh, you went poopy. Yeah. Here's a chocolate. Like, you know, mm-hmm. not, not that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I explained earlier on the podcast about my son who took forever to like fully potty train. And uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't fun. Went through yeah. a lot of stressful times. That comes to, come to mind. He was just like very resistant. So I hope, you know, does it smooth like, like a lot of other kids. Boom, he gets it. Yeah. I'm sure he will. And, you know. Because yeah, others are, others are like my son took forever. 
Yeah. I mean, we were like, we would freak out. Yeah. Because he didn't yeah. want to go number two, basically. He never had accidents. We just hold it in. Ugh. Until, oh, wow. until he had a diaper. He needed a diaper on. He was at least four. He might have been almost almost five. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And it, that was his <laughs> thing. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're looking forward to that. As a parent, you want to be supportive of your child in whatever they want to do. However, there may come a point after investing time and money for several years that a kid just wants to stop. There are also instances where a child has an obvious talent that could be used to help them get a scholarship to college or even become a professional down the line. For many parents, they are understanding of their child's desire to stop doing a sport, instrument, or hobby. But others see their child as a means to a financial end and do not want their child to stop. When does support become pushing and forcing? It can be a fine line, but something that many parents will have to confront at some point. So growing up, how are your guys' parents, you know, what were their attitudes towards your hobbies and interests? So my, my parents were very supportive of uh, everything I was into, pretty much everything I was into as a kid. I mean, any like toys I was into or stuff like that. But for many years, I was obsessed with baseball, for instance. And, you know, they, they sent me to baseball camps. They gave me batting lessons, clinics. We went to Yankee games. We went to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Right. Baseball card shows. Like, it was just like, yeah, whatever. Sure. It was like my whole, it was everything. So I look back and like, wow, that was really awesome that they did that. Because you hear a lot of stories, especially on other, you know, podcasts like WTF or something with other celebrities and they talk about their childhood. And it was not like that. You know, people, some people had parents, especially more years ago where they didn't really give their ch children much interest at all, really. Yeah. So I feel very thankful in, in that way. And, and related back to music, you know, my, my parents were very supportive once I got into drums, especially my mom, who was a musician. She plays piano. And uh, we would actually jam after dinner. Um, and that's how I really learned to play drums awesome. and to play along with someone was after yeah. dinner. We would jam out to Queen and the Police and Billy Joel, the Eagles, nice. whatever, a lot of classic rock. So, and the, and the drum set was actually next to our kitchen. We had a pretty small house and, you know, especially now as a parent with two kids, the idea of having a, a drum set <laughs> next to our kitchen slash oh, like really living room. I mean, every, you could hear it throughout the whole house. Yeah. Um, I'm just, wow. I even feel even more thankful that they, you know, let me do that because most parents wouldn't, you know, yeah. and think of having a, a drum set oh, yeah. so close, especially it was no, we couldn't really do it in the basement at the time. So, but then eventually one part of our basement opened up and then my band ended up um, later on years later in my early twenties, uh, rehearsing there for a long time, even recording our first album down there. So they were always very supportive, which I'm, you know, very thankful for. And it was great to have parents like that. Yeah. I mean, my parents were definitely the same way. I just, I think a lot of kids, you know, in the eighties were big baseball fans. Yeah. Yep. You know, I dreamed of playing shortstop for the Yankees. And awesome. um, uh, then I dreamed about playing basketball, you know, and then once I started playing drums, I, you know, dreamed about playing drums. Um, but my parents were, you know, always super supportive. Like I took piano lessons at age five 
um, you know, growing up, yep. like you, Joe, I went to soccer camps, baseball camps, did all these things. Yep. Um, but then once you know, I got into music a lot. My dad also, re, you know, he it kind of rekindled his desire to yeah, play music again, and then sure. my brother got into it. So all of us, so oh, yeah. the, it became like you know, yeah, let's do this. Like my dad started buying like a PA and started getting all this equipment for the basement. Um, but what's interesting is that like for me, I always love taking lessons, but I hated practicing. So <laughs> like I loved learning, but I didn't want to practice. Sure. And on top of that, I think one of the things for me that was impeded my desire to practice, especially drums, was that my dad's uh, chiropractor office was in our house. So I couldn't practice after school most days. Oh. Like I couldn't just go down because he would work yeah. until like the perfect time before your parents are home from work. Yeah, well, no, yeah, when I yeah. would play usually. Yeah. yeah, we bought like you know these rubber things to make it deaden the sounds and, and all this, <laughs> but it just it was it was not fun, and I wanted to just you know jam out and rock out real yeah. hard and throw on a CD and just like bash yep. the drums. So you know, on the weekends I would practice, but I also you know, just didn't have that drive. And, you know, they supported me, you know, whatever I wanted to do, but it was my, my drum uh, teacher and this, this guy, uh, Jerry Polchi, who played with the Four Seasons. He sang lead on Oh, What a Night and uh, wow. some other uh, song. Nice. Yeah, he's a great drummer. He's a great guy. He actually helped, you know, get the guys from my high school band, uh, have me try out. And like, that's how we all got started. And it was funny though. He, he told my dad pretty much, he's like, I'm not going to teach your son anymore. He doesn't practice. And like, <laughs> it was just like, you know, my dad was like, okay. You know, he told, he told me and I said, okay. And I just didn't take lessons anymore. So <laughs> like they weren't, um, I think I might've mentioned this, like uh, one of the episodes early on, like my dad was all about like, you know, I'm not going to push you to do anything, but you, you're going to learn a lesson out of it. Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, support you and say you should do this, but if you ultimately make the decision to, you know, stop, that's on you. So it wasn't luring over you. No. And, you know, l luckily with drums, you know, I, I didn't take lessons per se, but I kept it going in school. Like I played in every band in high school and in junior high school, and I had a band outside of school. So, you know, the investment wasn't like, I just bought you a thousand dollar drum set. Why are you not playing? anymore. Mm. And, you know, he was actually, my parents were really smart. I started taking drum lessons in fourth grade and they refused to get me a full drum set or a drum set in general until I showed that I wanted to do it. And then they got me a really low end drum set, which mm -hmm. I kept for like four or five years, which somehow has gotten to the hands of several other people and it's still around. Um, nice. <laughs> and, but then they, they bought me like a legit, like mid upper level drum set, which I still have in my basement. Yeah, I, I still have my first drum set too. Yeah, oh, that's for cool. sure. It's pretty cool. I think it was, I was 13, maybe 12, yeah, 12, 13. I think I started as a, I just had a snare drum, like in fifth grade. Wow. Like basic. Have your kids it. picked it up at all? Like that, the, the old drum set or do you not bring it out? Uh, it's so, well, it, one set is in my mom's basement and they play it here and there. It's kind of, most of the time it's not even like assembled really. But here in the new house, one of the projects, getting back to the projects, is trying to convert our laundry room into like a full-on music room. Mm, so I can finally have my drums for me. And then also, obviously, for the kids, too. I think if it was all set up all the time, maybe they would, you know, show interest and I can teach them and yeah. all that. So I'll definitely keep everyone posted on that. But 
We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like, you know, so my parents were pretty much always supportive. Like my brothers was the same way, you know, he played some sports and then he quit some sports, but it was never like, I don't think we put too much time and investment. Like none of us were on traveling teams. We weren't like going, running all over the place. Like the, the craziest thing that we, my parents ever had to do was to take my brother and I at, at different times into Newark to do like a, a jazz program at NJ Pack, which my dad was a hundred percent down with. Uh, Cause it, you know, yeah. it was, it was actually free and you know, all you had to do is drive, you know, drop us off and pick us up in the nicer part of Newark. <laughs> so, and Steve, like what were your parents like growing up in terms of supporting? Uh, pretty similar to you guys. I think that my parents were either forced, like I believe my, my mom was kind of forced to take a lot of lessons as a kid. So I think she had that kind of, uh, what do you call it? Like a, a little bit of a grudge against her parents. So they never were um, pushing anything on us, but they definitely were open to a certain degree because like they knew that some of our friends would do everything. Like I had a friend who would play every sport and take all the lessons um, to ridiculous degrees. So they would, you know, basically say, if you're going to do this, like if you're going to join football, then you can't do you know anything else or whatever for the, the fall, which is fine. I, I was I was pretty chill with just my art and listening to music and then doing the sports just as a you know way to keep in shape. So, um, we had art extracurricular stuff, mostly, which was just like art. I don't know what you'd call it, almost like an art group. And then, uh, I sang in choir, which was my music thing. And then, uh, play football, ran track. And then weirdly, my dad got into this like health kick, I think, cause he was just feeling like his midlife crisis and he started, uh, biking a lot. He like became a full on bike dad, um, uh, almost like you'd see in like Calvin and Hobbes, his dad, yeah, like exactly. he was obsessed. So we did some cool bike trips. And then, um, but the cool thing about my parents was they always knew that no matter what, if it was, yeah, like if we had said we wanted to play drums or uh, play guitar, they probably would have invested into it a little bit. And the only reason we never did is because we had a small house, we had no place to practice. So we just go to our friends, but, um, they were always down to, uh, take us to concerts. My first two concerts I went to were with my parents. And then, um, if we wanted to go to like a record or a thrift shop, and then especially once I got a paper out, it was like, you know, I... I had no excuse to not uh, invest in my own things and invest in my own hobbies. So uh, I started shooting 35 millimeter film and obviously, you know, started to build my CD and cassette collection to greater heights. Yes. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah. So it seems like, you know, none of us really had parents who were, well, maybe even it's because we didn't get so invested into anything to the point where our parents you know, we're driving us around and, you know, and sinking a lot of money or and none of our talents really exceeded the expectation where we would get a scholarship of any kind or they, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. saw it. But it I, I mean, fun. you know, I, I know people who, who did and some of them were totally on board with it. They loved doing what they were doing. You know, there were some times that they wouldn't want to go do it, but, and, you know, it, they ended up getting a scholarship to play in college and, you know, got a, maybe not a full ride, but like partial ride to some good schools. And then I know people who totally burnt out and there was, you know, oh, issues with yeah, their parents. Sure. And so there's, you know, it's, it's that idea of like the dichotomy of like, I want my child to succeed, but I also want it to succeed because it's going to help us out in a certain way. And like, you yeah. know, you read about all these parents and, you know, you see these professionals who, whose parents push them. And you're like, oh, this is what I should do. But then you don't 
see the other kids who maybe were doing the same thing and then they had a total mental breakdown or emotional breakdown yeah. or they like just yeah. totally gave up on this, whatever they were doing and then maybe came back to it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's crazy sometimes to think about doing that to a child. But, you know, when you invest yeah. thousands, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars into, you know, your kid, to be great, you know, and then, then suddenly it's gone. It's like, yeah. what did I just do? You know, I, I can understand exactly. that, but I don't know. Well, also I think around here too, it's like you have, you know, growing up in Ohio, obviously we are famous people, are people that quote unquote made it. Uh, they left, you know, they, they expanded their talents and then they had to compete somewhere else. Whereas you guys were in the thick of, you know what I mean? Like the top musicians were living here and practicing here, the top sports players, you know, it's like you, you would go to the, the tri-state area most likely. So I'm sure there was probably almost an, an air of competitiveness that I didn't experience that you guys probably kind of felt. It was, it was, I think it was a different time for sure. Because even though as much as me and my friends were like completely obsessed with sports, baseball, basketball, football, it's all we talked about. It's all we played, you know, like all we did after school. We we're on travel baseball teams for many, many years, but it was mm. definitely different than than it is now. And I always tell my wife, you know, who wasn't born in this country, I'm like, it wasn't always like this. And I'll get into, you know, my how, what we're going through, me and my son and and his soccer yeah. journey. But <laughs> you know, growing up, as much as I was into it, we did travel. Even travel wasn't that intense. It was like okay, maybe a month and a half. You played the towns in the area and then you were done. And then you wait uh, till next, you know, spring to start up baseball again. That was it. Now it's full time. Was it, was it Tom's River East or something? That was like the one, the, the Little League World Series. And I was like, how do yeah, they even Tom's have a River. team? But so, but, <laughs> I know. But it's, it's like, still, you know. It's still Tom's River. Still. <laughs> wow. It's funny. It's that one team. But like, you know, growing up, not that I wanted to, but we never had a travel team in my town until like a parent decided I'm going to start one. My kid wants to do this. And mm -hmm. I remember my brother when he was, I guess, in middle school or maybe in like fifth or sixth grade, some parent who had a kid who was younger than him, but wanted to start this AAU basketball team so that his son would eventually be part of it. My brother was on this AAU travel basketball team, which is something I would have loved to do, but nobody in my town really wanted to start it. So I feel like, you know, like Joe said, we didn't grow up with a ton of travel teams and a, a ton of like competitiveness in like this area. It was more like you had to just do it on your own or find a club team. Mm -hmm. Like I remember okay. kids like, uh, it was either at my school, I guess, I, I don't know. I would always see these Montclair Blues hockey, you know, varsity jackets or you know jackets the kids and i'd be like where do you even like where is this team coming from like you don't live in montclair like you know but it was like out of uh, the you know little ice skating arena in montclair there was a huge you know they had Club like a, their own little system there and they so they had a wow. travel team and so kids would join it um now it seems like everybody has a a, a travel soccer team a travel yes. baseball team travel this that and it's just you know i get it but it's i mean joe you can go into this i mean i feel like I don't know how I would deal with this craziness unless like my kid was like totally a hundred percent, like enamored with what's going on. Sure. So yeah, I can go into, you know, me and my, uh, my, my son who is now 13, um, has been playing soccer since he was about six or seven. And again, this is this topic that you brought up is really what all parents nowadays really have to wrestle with all the time. 
Because like you said, in every sport or really any activity, it doesn't have to even be a, like a sport, you know, dance, gymnastics, anything. There's like a travel aspect to it or like a higher club or, or something. So with him, um, again, he started when he was about six or seven in town rec. And then a few years later, around eight or nine, he joined the town travel team. And it was not a smooth process. He, you know, was very intimidated. He was on the bench. He was like the last player on the bench for that first season. Season ended. Okay, next season came back. And after like one practice, we came home. He was like, we refused to go back. Wow. He like started going nuts. He was like anxious and like just so angry. Like, I'm not going. No, that's it. I'm not going. I don't want to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? They want you back. <laughs> so we they went through that for weeks. And at first he wasn't going. And the coach was asking, where is he? Was it? Well, we explained. He just was like, kind of didn't want to go back. Eventually he did like halfway through the season. I think that season worked his way back. Then um, within a few years, he went from like the last player in the bench to like starting on this travel, same travel team, huh. same coach, same, most of the same kids kind of grew up, you know, next few years. Then the next thing was the club team. So now it's not just travel, but now there's club teams that are, you have to pay. Um, I mean, if you pay the town travel, but it's very mm. minimal compared to the, 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 the club, you're paying like a, a professional coach and you get to be, you know, seven, eight, nine, all of a sudden you hear all these other kids in town. Oh, he's on this club team. He's on this <laughs> club team. You should be, you should do that. And you, so that's where the, you know, for Josh, that's, that's where the pressure comes in. You're like, my son's good. Okay. He's not Lionel Messi, but he's good. And you feel that pressure. We should maybe push him to, we should try it. Why not? You know? This was, you know, you're paying and it's, it's rough between, it could be from $1,500. Some of them are $2,500, $3,000 for wow. the year. So we joined a club team and uh, with some of the kids in town. So we, he wasn't totally like foreign. He knew some of the kids and we got to that season. Then he went to another club team that was close to here. Same kids, uh, the same two or three kids from town with these other kids. And that coach was really tough. And again, he'd made it, but he was like the bench player. But then over just showing up day after day, practice after practice, we started doing tournaments, tons of matches, always listening to the coach and developing. He went from being a kind of a shy and, and you know, again, anxious from the few years earlier and sort of intimidated to being a starter and really like excelling, at, you know, on this team. And last year he became a starter. He was never taken out of matches at all. At one point we're like, wow, he's really, he's, That's good. he never gets out. We just couldn't believe it because we were just, wow. And we just saw his, like, his growth and his confidence really, you know, shine through. The coach even gave a speech wow. about him to the whole team one day after practice about, like, oh, you should use him as an example. Like, look, he came in, you know, and he really worked his way up. So now we're here. So now he's played for, he's 13, so he's about five, six years in. Many couple of years in club team, travel team. He was doing both at the same time, by the way. So our schedules were really busy. He was doing yeah, travel so and club. Yeah. That's insane. Tons of tournaments. Our schedules were taken up. And there were times I was like, wow, really? Like our whole weekends are shot. I think I mentioned yeah. on the podcast earlier, where, you know, when quarantine happened, it really was like an awakening. Like, wow, our schedule is really opened up here. Because we were to be like Saturday morning. All right, where are we going? What tournament and what thing? Um, so it's a lot of work, but then we saw the the benefit for us anyway, is that yes, it was a lot of money. It's, it's been a lot of money for us and it's been tough, but I'm proud of him 
you know, to, to be on these teams with these really hard coaches, really hard players play in these tournaments all over the state, sometimes in New York, sometimes Pennsylvania. Um, I just think it's a really good experience uh, for him. And I see how if nowadays, especially with technology, if you're not doing these things, it's very easy for them to just be yep. playing video games good on point. the computer, on their phone. Not doing anything. <laughs> I mean, he's on. He does that anyway. So if he didn't have these other things, imagine how much it just you know. I, it gets harder to uh, restrict those things and just say we're not having any devices. You know, it, it just gets harder sure. when you're a teenager, a preteen. So, so that's where we're. I mean, we've experienced it. I mean, I've talked to other friends, and they say, "Well, what are you doing?" You know, with the oldest soccer and all this stuff. Like in our day, I said, "I know." In our day, it wasn't like it is different now. And I think also with, again, with the technology, I look at it like that. And I see even during quarantine, he mentioned to me that a lot oh. of his friends have gained weight. Uh, oh, this kid, well, he's fat. more, you know, this kid's, this kid's got fat. This kid got <laughs> fat. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, but he's like in amazing shape. You know, my son's in great shape. From I said, well, look, you should be thanking us for, you know, yeah. sending you to, he's still, he's been practicing a lot in the last two months. Okay. Um, and he's actually starting now another club team because he kind of outgrew the other one that the coach is not coaching his age anymore. So now he's on a different club team and uh, he's just doing great and he's in great shape. So that's where I've you know kind of justified the money and, and all that stuff. So, well, and also just like, because of what we just noticed with, uh, I forget what it was called, but like the Lori Laughlin thing and the whole college admissions scandal, it's like at the end of the day, you have proof that your kid or your kids have legitimately done these things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, you but know, you'll see, you know, for, a body for, of work. Josh, it's a body of work. And, and again, I, I know it from my age, I played baseball, but I was the same as him. I was easily intimidated. I was a shy kid. Um, travel was one thing, but I think if I had to do the club um, or the equivalent of that, I would have been definitely intimidated. Yeah. Um, but it, looking back and now I kind of wish my parents maybe pushed me even more with baseball right. or, you know, music or something like that. Cause I think I would have, even if I didn't become a, anything or even get a scholarship, I think it's just a great experience yeah. that is hard to uh, replicate, you know, especially once you're older, you go, oh man, I wish I tried harder. And that's where we remind him some days he doesn't want to go. Normally he's all down for it, but it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of practicing. And I remind them that some, you know, you, it's going to pay off yeah. in, in, in many ways. So. It's definitely, you know, at the very least, he'll probably play for high school, which could lead to something, you know, something else down the line. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely high school at this point, probably even other just club teams, you know, club like U15 or, you know, U16 teams around. There's so many teams now. It's unbelievable. It's just so crazy how, how everything has grown. And I know, again, I know how it has how it is in all these activities. Yeah. You know, um, cheerleading. He knows a lot of girls in his age that are in the town cheerleading. They they go to Disney World and they go to these tournaments. Wow. That's even more than the size. I've talked to those yeah. parents and they say like, yeah. oh, these, you know, cheerleading tournaments, they have to wait all day sometimes or they go first and then they have to stay like the whole day <laughs> or something, you know, like. I just. That's you worse. Know, I'm like, oh my God. Now we need to have battle the mass like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, I think, well, they, you know, the, there's also School of Rock now that these kids True. go to and that they spend, spend sure. a lot of times and they have, they have, have these gigs and stuff. That too, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, I, I just, it it boggles my mind how much money and time some of these parents put into this. And, you know, I, their kids love it. And maybe that's, you know, what they, they just want to be able to, 
you know, help the, their kids out and like do, you know, support their, their kids in any way mm-hmm. possible. But, yeah. you know, like for me, I feel like you got to go in with the right mindset of like, I'm doing this because my kid wants to do it. It's not because, you know, I want them to do it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And like years ago when he was a little that, that rough period, it was tough for me to like, you know, my wife was really was pushing more, but I, you know, I'm glad she was like that because she saw that he had the talent. He kind of just needed a push really. Yeah. Could have easily just kind of given up or I'll, I'll just play the town wreck and mess around and do this. And then, it's tough to say it's hard. Yeah. We we're, we're not pushy, of course. I mean, we're not right. forcing him to do anything. I've tried to show him many other things of a, as I've talked about earlier in the show, in the podcast with music and showing him my music to, <laughs> to little interest. Um, he does play piano as well. Um, but he's into it, you know, yeah. for sure. He doesn't practice all the time. That's good. Though. Right. It's like every other kid, but I'm trying to ease his way. And I know it's some parents just, you, when they're very young, you see these parents that have their kids into so many things when they're like five. I'm like, give him time. He's five years old, yeah. six years old. Like he had a long way to go. When I listen to like, you know, a bunch of interviews with people or, or like, you know, especially musicians, it's almost mm-hmm. like a lot of times it wasn't the parents pushing the kids. It's the kids pushing themselves. Yes. And yeah. it's like, even they come to it later. Like They come to it later. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they may be into something when they're young, but then it changes and they become really into something when they're older. And that's what their passion truly is. And it's just giving yeah. them, you know, the opportunity to see and try all these things out, um, you know, and if they don't like it, they don't like it. And if they love it, great, you know, support them. But, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, like I said, a fine line sometimes. And, you know, I, I can understand how parents will fall on either side of that line um, in many cases. out our discussion on supportive versus pushy parents, I interviewed DJ Vivi, an eight-year-old DJ out of New York City, and her mother Erica about Vivi's quote-unquote career in DJing and how Erica was able to create a small business called The Funk Bus out of her support for her daughter's passion. We hope you enjoy. I'm here with DJ Vivi and her mom Erica. Hello. Hello. Um, thank you for being on the Dad Rocks podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, so I'm going to start with, you know, ask you guys some questions. Just talk about, you know, your DJing, Vivi. And um, I want to know a little more about the Funk Bus. So first off, Vivi, can you tell us how old you are? Um, eight years old. Okay. And how long have you been performing as a DJ? This, this is my fourth year. Oh, wow. I think I started taking lessons when she was like four. Oh, wow. So. Yes, going to be nine, yeah. Crazy. So, you know, knowing that, how did you get interested in being a DJ? I was at my cousin's party, and um, there was a DJ there, and um, she thought I had really good dance moves, so she asked me if I wanted to have DJ lesson. Gotcha. And you just asked your parents, and they said, sure. She, she, she asked them. Gotcha. So, I mean, yeah. what, what, is a, like, what does a DJ lesson entail? Like what, what do you, what do you learn in your lessons? Cause I mean, I've, I, I grew up playing drums and piano and I, you know, there's, there's certain things I've never heard of DJ lessons before. Um, there's lots of buttons. So you would learn like 
and effects. Like, every time you have uh, a DJ lesson, Tell you would have a controller, a computer, and speakers. That's and they would all hook up together. So then every time, so like say the first lesson, you would learn how to plug everything in and you would download everything. And you would download a little bit more and then you would start learning like like start learning what everything does. Gotcha. So it's a little <laughs> it's like step by step. So over the yeah. last the last 3 to 4 years that you've been taking lessons, you've learned a lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's that's great. Basically, your you said your cousin or the DJ at your cousin's uh, party was the one who asked your parents if you were interested in taking DJ uh, DJ lessons, correct? Yeah. And what did they say initially? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes. So it wasn't a problem. You're like, okay, you know. So have well, we you- liked it because she came to the apartment. Oh, okay. So it was easy for you. It you was didn't very have to, you, easy. you didn't have to travel. It comes to us. You're usually in Manhattan, right? Yep. Yeah. And you're right now, you're out on Long Island. So, yeah, I can see how you don't want to travel through Manhattan to get anywhere, especially if they're in a different borough. Well, most of our after-school activities, we're always hustling to get to right after school, whether you're running or dance or gymnastics, you're always like the hustle, whether it's raining, snowing, sleeting, (laughs) you're outside and Mm -hmm. you're walking to get there. Yeah. But this, you go home and they come to you. (laughs) So, God, this is great. Yeah. (laughs) When you started taking lessons, did you always have the the desire to take them, or were there days that you didn't want to take them? Did, were there days that you like were just like, "Mom, I don't want to go to, my, I don't want to have you know my teacher come over today." Yeah, there's a lot of days. So sometimes we would have to. Um, I would hang out after school, and we forget that I had DJ lessons, and we had to rush home, and I didn't feel like DJing. I was tired. I just had lots of things to do, I guess. All right. So, no, I get it. I mean, I, there were days that I didn't want to take take lessons. Do you like performing rather than practicing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I figured that. I, I'm very much in that same vein. You know, it's 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 fun to perform, but it's not always fun to practice. Like, in, in it, with, with that being said, you know, recently, you know, you've been getting more and more gigs, right? So when was your first gig? When was the first time you performed as a DJ? So my... F- my mom's friend was opening a salon mm-hmm. and I was not ready. Um, I had a microphone, but nobody heard me barely because their, their music was playing. Nobody knew. They yeah. all loved it. Yeah, they just, they didn't know. They they, they barely knew me. No, they didn't know that. Yeah. They still loved you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, DJ Vivi's following is like, it's huge. Yeah. I, see, I saw it on, on Instagram. But I mean, like, so as you get more and more gigs, did you really get more into it? Or did you feel like, you know, are there times that you don't want to do certain, you know, parties or gigs? Or are you pretty much open to doing them all the time? I'm open to doing them all the time. Okay. Because I want to get a lot so I can be famous. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> so I, that, that brings me to some... Goals, goals, yeah, Josh, yeah. goals. <laughs> so well, that, 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 you know, I have a question for you then, Erica. Like, if, for whatever reason, if, you know... Because the, the the idea behind me talking to you guys is the idea of a parents being supportive versus pushing. You've spent four years on lessons for her for DJing. Like if she said next week I'm done DJing, like what would your response be? No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that's always her response. No way, you're doing it. 
No, you know what? I feel like she loves it and she's really good at it. Yeah. Like when she gets when she gets like for a gig or for like a party or whatever she does, when she gets up there, like she's like magic. She like everything just like goes. It's like she never gets nervous. She's cool. And like when she gets behind her controller and like the crowds there, whatever it is, she just turns it on. And I feel like that's something that she's really worked at. Right. Being comfortable behind her mixer. Yeah. So, like, I really would not want her to let that go because she's worked really hard at that. Like, just being comfortable on the microphone and, like, being able to get, like, her fans going or, like, whatever it is. Yeah. And, like, so, yeah, we, we, we I would try and, like, but if, talk her through. But if she became really, uh, you know, stubborn about it, it was, like, really, like, you could see that she there was a change in her. Would you, would you say, would you tell her, you know, okay, we'll take a break, you know, and, and then, like, kind of try to push her later on? Or would you, I mean, I'm just asking because it's like, you know, uh, it, it's one of these things where parents, you know, sometimes you're, you're supportive but then at sometimes kids just get burnt out. So like, you know, I'm just, I'm just curious to what your response well, but is. But also I feel like right now is like the summer. Yeah. And even though we have the funk bus, she's still like, she's not really taking any lessons. Every now and then she's taking a gotcha. lesson because like her DJ teacher's away right now. So there's another teacher filling in. So when she wants a lesson, we just call them up and okay. we're going to... So like she's, I would not say she's burnt out to any. But oh I no, no, I'm not saying question. she is. I mean, it's just more no, like you know. So I get your question. Yeah. So I had a mixer that I learned over two years. Oh. And I was sick of it. Oh no! Uh, what she's saying is oh, okay. I have a good. All right. Okay. So she had this other controller, mm -hmm. and like she graduated from it basically. So she didn't want to take lessons with her DJ teacher anymore. She's like. I'm bored, but like her DJ teacher never like recommended, Hey, she needs a new controller. You've right. got to step this up because she's graduated from it. And instead Viv was like, this is boring and I don't really want to do this anymore. Yeah. So I said, well, maybe she needs like a new controller. Maybe she, she's not learning enough. And she was like, yes, I need a new one. So I said to her DJ teacher, do you think maybe she's grown out of this one and she needs to learn more? Oh yeah. Yeah. She needs this one and this one. And Viv's like, yeah. <laughs> cool. That's, I mean, hey, that's and sometimes that's all I need. It's just one of these, you know, the questions just think because I mean, she's she's young. And like, I know that for parents, a lot of times you you know how your kids truly are feeling. And sometimes they do just, you know, hit that wall sometimes. So I, I was just was and also like, I know the type of kid that she is. Yeah. And I don't think she'd ever be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. She likes everything that she does. And she would never say like, I don't want to do this anymore. Gotcha. I mean, she might like, in, you know, in five years when she's a teenager, she might decide, you know, yeah. this is <laughs> she might. now when she's like New York City's like youngest, hippest, coolest <laughs> DJ. OK, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the funk bus. Can you tell me about the funk bus and like how it came about? So COVID hit. Mm -hmm. We really didn't have much to do. We we're just sitting out here and then I was like, oh, there's probably not going to be much camp. So my friend Stephanie and I were like, oh, let's buy a bus and then we'll do like drive-by celebrations for people that are in quarantine. So we started looking for like a bus. We were looking at school buses and we were looking like at accessorized. And so after like a month, a month or two of like <laughs> trying to get people to scam us and everything, we found our baby and she comes from Philly <laughs> and uh, she was delivered to us. She's a 2013 Ford E350. She was white. And um, she was transformed in about maybe like five weeks. 
with the help of um, my contractor, my electrician, and um, she's a lot of electrical power. And I put a lot of heart and soul into her. Yeah. I spray painted her, graffitied her, tie-dyed. And then we had this DJ booth. I don't know if you can see here. I'll turn it around. Okay. This is this um, DJ booth right here. Oh, cool. Very cool. So we have her speakers and her controller. And that's the handicap door. So when it opens up, this is where Vivi stands. And then that was the whole idea. So like when COVID hit, like we wouldn't have to get off the bus and like we could drive by and then Viv could DJ for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we'd still be on the bus. Right. We'd still have a celebration. Still be socially distanced. Right. Things have changed a little bit. And people like want us to do parties now and come off the bus. And what else can you do? Right. That's cool. But that was like premise of it so and then we have an eight-year-old dj yeah so So, you know at this point you know you have a a business uh, you know is it is the idea that the funk bus is revolving around vivi or is that vivi is part of the funk bus oh we're collaborating okay we collaborate with dj vivi (laughs) so so she if she was sick or she couldn't make a gig or something like that would you guys you know still use the funk bus to go to, to different events and everything like that We'd probably fire her. <laughs> I would. I, I would. Then, I would show them how to turn it on. <laughs> like, would you get a replacement DJ? I guess we could. Like Except that the stand has DJ Vivi plastered gotcha. all over. I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, if she gets hired for a bat mitzvah and then she falls sick that day, and you need, you know, and like she can't, she can't work the bat like mitzvah. The master of doom and gloom, Josh. <laughs> hey, I'm just asking. Um, <laughs> No, I, I mean, yeah, listen, we can put anyone behind the DJ booth. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so at this point, I mean, it, it's, you got, it, it really seems like, you know, that you're taking her passion and her, and, and her interest and really amping it up. And, um, like Vivi, do you feel like your mom is too hard on you about, about DJing sometimes? Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> if say I'm tired a day. And I don't, I don't want to do um, a DJ lesson. She'd be like, Bibby, you're doing this DJ lesson. It's $100. <laughs> well, because you can't cancel on somebody. Yeah. No, believe me. I, you I know. mean, she'll tell me five minutes for the lesson, and the, and the woman's already left. So what am I just going to pay $100? <laughs> yeah, I get you. You hey. understand? So, no, that's, that, hey, that's, that's understandable. But, you, Vivi, you really do love DJing, right? You really yeah. love it? Yeah. Do you, do you see it as something that you, you want to do, uh, you know, as as your profession? Or is it something that you, you know, at least something that you'd want to do, like, you know, just for fun? You know what he's asking? Like, do you want it to yeah. be your job when you're older? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I'm just curious because, you know, I've, I've heard, I, I've seen a couple of your videos, but I, I don't know exactly, like, everything that you like to, to listen to. So what type of music do you like to listen to? Um, or who are your favorite artists or songs? so much i don't have a favorite it's like right now right now what's what song or what what artist are you listening to a lot tiktok songs okay i I, i'm clueless about all that so do you well i mean she loves all like hits all those songs that are played on like hits one Mm -hmm. serious one a lot of today's hits some hip-hop yeah hip-hop and do you use those songs that you listen to in your dj repertoire or do you have a specific set that you already have you know, do you add things? Do you change them? Or do you have a specific set that you use? Sometimes there's requests. So I add the songs. You make new playlists. Yeah, I make new playlists. I get songs. 
How, do you do you buy the songs? Like if so, say someone came up to you and requested a specific song, which and you didn't have it, how would you get it? I can buy it on iTunes, but I just need Wi-Fi. Gotcha. Okay. So <laughs> you so you're so you actually don't need Wi-Fi for your everything is on your computer or on the on the tractor yeah. uh, the uh, the system. Tractor doesn't need Wi-Fi. Gotcha. So if I'm outside and there's no Wi-Fi, I can just I can play it. Cool. That's great. With you know, asking what your favorite type of music is, do you do you like the music that your parents listen to, or do you think it's bad music that that they listen to? Um, my dad, I do not like the Grateful Dead, so <laughs> my mom listens to good songs. I like all types of music. Yeah. I like the Grateful Dead. You like some of the Grateful Dead songs? No. Yes, you do. I like one. Which one? Sandy on the Mud. Can you have the <laughs> Just that one. That's all. Wait, so your dad only listens to Grateful Dead? He doesn't listen to anything else? Yeah. <laughs> He's every a bit day, of a sickness. Just every things. day, every day, he plugs in his ear earphones and listens to the Grateful Dead. If he ever asked you at a gig to play a Grateful Dead song, what would you say? Nope. <laughs> only if it was his gig, I would say, maybe, maybe, maybe. Don't give your hopes. So up. if it was like his birthday party and he had one request... You would do it. If it was his birthday, if it was just a random party, no. Okay. Have Is you... it too slow and boring? So, uh, but if some random party and they want a Grateful Dead, you play it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got You got to play what the people want. That's the thing. But I was just curious if you, you know, added in anything that your parents liked into into your your repertoire. I mean, so my mom, my mom's hip hop. So <laughs> she she knows some songs. I'm just hip. Okay. <laughs> Thank you both for, for being on the show. And for everyone who's listening or watching, can you tell us where you can find DJ Vivi and the Funk Bus on social media? So we are at Funk Bus Fun for Instagram. And then funkbusfun.com is our website. Okay. So, yeah. And, so and follow along. Is, does DJ Vivi have her own IG account or Facebook? Or? Um, yep. Vivi is at DJ Vivi. DJ V-I-V-Y is Vivi's um, Instagram. So follow along and she'll tell you, like, what's her latest and greatest, where she's at. And um, her newest SoundCloud will be up on her Instagram soon. Oh, she has a SoundCloud, too. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so she's at DJ Vivi. And then at Funk Bus Fun. Cool. You guys are going to be at the, you're doing a drop, you guys have a summer standing, or I guess a, you know. At Cooper's Beach, Monday nights. Gotcha. Is that going to yeah. Is that going it's into September or is that just through August? You know, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what they're going to do. It all depends like what happens with school, but New York's supposed to go back. So that means we're going back. Yeah. Gotcha. No. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't want to go back. We'll see. But again, thanks both of you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks again to Vivi and Erica for coming on our show. If you'd like to check out DJ Vivi, you can follow her on Instagram at DJ Vivi. That's spelled D-J-V-I-V-Y. And you can check out the Funk Bus at funkbusfun.com or on Instagram at funkbusfun. Also, if you'd like to see the full, unedited interview, including a tour of the Funk Bus, click on the YouTube link in the description of the podcast. Now, let's get back to the show. (music) 
So now it's come to the time of our show where we discuss what we're listening to and what our kids are listening to. So we're going to start with what our kids are listening to. So Joe, what are your kids listening to these days? So recently, within the past week or so, my nine-year-old daughter uh, has gotten really into dancing, like hip-hop dancing and, and just like modern dancing via YouTube, just watching music videos. And just yesterday, she said, I have a dance for you. I want to show you. And she's done that over the years. And it's, you know, okay, but nothing uh, that amazing. So I'm like, okay, I put on your song. So she goes, yeah, I found this song by Ciara. I'm like, okay, Ciara, yeah. And she does this dance. And I was like blown away wow. what she was doing. I was like, I'm sitting there like speechless. Like, where did this come from? Because usually it's just little kid dancing mm. and not much rhythm. All of a sudden she has this like full on dance move, like the, the, the full choreography wow. of this song, Ciara. And then she goes, I have another one, right? Beyonce. Mm. I forgot what song it was now. It wasn't like a mega hit one that I knew of. But then she went on this Beyonce one. She had a whole other choreography that she just mimicked from watching YouTube. Crazy. Over the last few days. So it was pretty cool. And it just happened uh, like yesterday. So now today she was looking up other videos and we're looking up other like Beyonce videos. Like we have a lot of dancing in them. So that was pretty yeah. cool, I thought. And I'll make sure to see more of her dancing. So I was, I was, I was impressed. And she just did it on her own. Uh, she never did dance or took classes or anything like that. And then my son, who still is not really that into music, so he says, is into YouTube like every other kid. And um, he shows me various YouTube videos that run the, the, the spectrum. But one YouTuber that I just wanted to bring up that has become his favorite and one of my favorites is called Mr. Beast. Hmm. And I'm not sure if you guys oh, know I, yes, this guy. I, I, I know of him. I've never... He has like that, that like, uh, like 80s, like tiger lion, like insignia or logo yeah, or something like that. Logo, correct. Know. Yes. So Mr. Beast is huge. This guy is super popular. He's only 22 years old. He's from North Carolina. He's amassed 50 million subscribers. I had to look it up across like all his platforms, mainly YouTube. He's on Twitch and other stuff like that. Um, he's worth like $20 million. <laughs> and he just started, I think when he was a teenager, maybe 16, I'm not sure when exactly he started. Um, but he's a real positive like YouTube account. That's cool. Most of his videos, he gives away tons of money to people, mainly strangers, mainly this, like you see people in need. Um, and he does it with like a, with a unique take or a different um, gimmick sort of. Like one day he, he created a bank. He just like made, he took over like this, empty office and he made it a bank. He goes, I'm going to make a bank. And it's usually <laughs> him and his friends. And he just put out a sign out front, like uh, new bank opening, you know, giving away money. There was something, it was just something <laughs> random. And he ended up giving away, I think, and that one might've been a hundred thousand dollars or maybe $500,000 wow. to a lot of, to, to people who came in mm. like total. Crazy. 10,000 here, 20,000. You want $20,000 here? Just like here, a bag of cash, $20,000. So uh, he does a lot of that stuff. One time, one video, he um, gave a whole house. He bought a house for a pizza delivery guy. Insane. And he, he, he furnished the entire house inside, by the way, wow. as well. TVs, couches, top of the line appliances. And, and then at the end, he gave the guy the keys. And he's like, what? He's like, no, this is for you. This whole house is for you. <laughs> and the guy was crying and, wow. you know, a kid and, and they were struggling. So he does, he, he does mostly that also just random other 
types types of interesting stuff. For Fourth of July, he made a video. He bought one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more of uh, fireworks. Here's what a dollar firework looks like going off. Here's a five dollar firework, and he went all the way up till he bought one that was like out of a movie. They had to be like five hundred feet away behind a glass or plastic like thing. Wow. And had it had to have a remote that act that triggered it. He had to clear it with like the FAA, it said in the video, to actually launch it. It was like a (laughs) missile. It was crazy. But he has all this money to give away. But it's great that he does it in a, you know, like a fun way, in a very positive um, way. There's not, I don't think there's really any cursing in it or that I've heard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very clean. So I just thought that was a cool video, you know, for parents to to check out. It's pretty entertaining and just comes up with these things you're like what the he's so much money that he gives away to people that you know that really help so i thought that was one just to, to mention cool so for my son he has recently discovered via uh us playing videos on you know youtube before he goes to bed <laughs> one of his few screen time opportunities baby shark and nice. he now loves to hear baby shark Sorry. A lot, and I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. My, it's my, okay. My it's okay. He he seems to be. He'll only he only asks for it now. You know, a little bit. He gets obsessive with things like initially, and then it kind of fades. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's not that bad, but like <laughs> it's just like my wife found an Australian version which has like twenty more verses to it that they go into all these different. I don't know. It's so <laughs> it's yeah. He he'll ask for it like when he's eating, and I'll be like, nope, I'm not playing that. Sorry, you know. It's like. <laughs> It is what it is. Thankfully, he's not older and just wants to play it all the time. We also found, it's not even like a real song, but it's like a video with Elmo and his dad. And his dad like starts singing the song like, Move your feet to the beat. Move your feet to the beat. to the And so like he loves that too. Because he's just really now starting to enjoy dancing. We actually had like a dance party. Uh, was it the morning of the tropical storm that came yeah. through? Like we just had a straight up, while it was storming out, we just had like a dance party in our house. And I was just playing just music he usually listens to. And he was dancing to it to like like the first time. It was great. So, you know, not much else really from my son. But, you know, we keep picking up random things. And he'll he's starting to like recognize different artists and stuff that he, he likes that he already listens to and, and, and all that. Yeah, so, nice. But um, in terms of what we're listening to, what I'm listening to, uh, I actually... On this episode, I'll actually discuss all new music that I never listened to nice. before or like bands that I haven't really <laughs> heard <Cool>. before. <laughs> so um, so the first one is actually, um, I had a lot of free time at night and was just kind of like listening to random things and, and, and trying to like, you know, expand my palette and stuff like that. And I was lo- looking at like the uh, Spotify, you know, release radars or like, you know, the, the recommendations for me. And I saw this thing called constant bop, which is, uh, really, uh, the lead guy from white denim, James Petrali. Um, I think that's how you say his name. He put out a solo album several years ago, uh, called, um, it's like something bop. I don't remember, but like it was a great album. Recently he did like a live video of him doing a bunch of covers under this pseudonym constant bop. And one of the songs was a cover of the Beastie Boys, uh, So What You Want, um, which okay. was a really cool cover. But then on that little EP, he, he also did a cover of a song I had never heard of before, which is uh, Ramblin' Gamblin' Man by 
the Bob Seger system, which is, I guess, Bob Seger's band from the late 60s, early 70s. This cover is great, and the original I'd never heard is, is, is really cool, too. Mm. But this cover is, like, really interesting, and I was just like, wow. Um, I, I loved it. So it's, it's cool. the, the, the EPs that, that he put, put out, like, are definitely interesting. They're cool. very unique covers. And then the other day, I was uh, listening to WFUV in the car, and this song came on, and as I'm driving, I, I turned on Shazam!, I was like, what is this? It's a really cool, funky, soulful, like horn-filled song. And it was a song called Take Me to the Good Times uh, by this band called The Suffers. Uh, they're out of Houston. I'd never heard of them before. And this song is really, really cool. I, I really like it a lot. Um, my only caveat to this is I went and checked out their other stuff, their earlier stuff. I guess their, their first two albums, and I guess this is the new single from them. It, it, it kind of lukewarm on them um, overall, but this one song, this one single, I really, really like. It's it's really cool. It's got a bit of like a Daptone type feel cool. to it. Okay. Totally in that retro lo-fi kind of vibe, but sure. it's it's definitely one of those ones where you will definitely be tapping your toes to and dancing, uh, you know, in your car uh, when you hear it. So, um, and then finally, the, the last one is, uh, I, I was going through late on, I guess this past Friday, cause there's a band camp Friday and I've forgotten about it. And then I saw you guys like, you know, post about what you were buying and texting about. And I was like, Oh, you know, I, I need to buy something. I ended up not buying anything because I couldn't find any vinyl records that I really wanted to mm -hmm. buy. And, you know, I'll buy digital sometimes, but I'd rather have, physical, yeah. you know, the, the physical copy. Sure. And I ended up going down like a, a rabbit hole of all these artists, uh, from coal mine records, which, uh, is the label, or I guess, you know, the, the higher up label for, uh, Neil Francis, yep. who we're, you know, big fans of and, uh, the Delvon Lamar, uh, organ trio, which I, I talked about, uh, yeah. recently. Coal Mine Records is like very similar to Daptone Records. Lots of like of that horn, um, you know, funk based music. I think Orgone is on there yep. as well, which is another great group. So I was just going through all these different bands, like checking this out, checking this out, like which ones have vinyl. Most of them didn't have, all the vinyl was sold out because it's not like brand new material. And one of the bands that I came across though was this like straight up blues trio or duo, I'm not sure, called GA20. I listened to like all their stuff on Spotify and it was it was great. And but the one song, I think it's uh, yeah, it's their newest single. It's called "I Ain't Got You" and it's really cool. I'm all dressed up and no place to go. I got the women to the left of me. I got the women to the right of me. 
too. It's a straight up like blues like mm. song. It, it's it's rocking, but it's it's definitely it's not like Black Keys blues rock or you know that that kind of thing. It's straight up Del- like blues. blues, and it's not it's like yeah, dirty like more like Chicago, oh, like dirty awesome. kind of like that kind of stuff. And it, it's great. You guys really need to yeah. check them out. Um, but awesome. I, you know, like I said, I'm, I, I was ready to buy their vinyl, but sadly, all that was sold yeah. out. So, but you know, definitely going to you know support them going forward. So, Steve, what about you? Uh, yeah, same uh, as you guys. I I was kind of late to the Bandcamp Friday, but I got in some purchases under the gun. Um, there were a few that I had on the wish list for a while. Uh, Makai McRaven is a drummer that I I don't even know how I discovered him. I, I was going on a little bit of a jazz trip, I think, and uh, somebody recommended him. And this album, Universal Beings, uh, he kind of collaborates with a ton of up and coming jazz uh, people. So I grabbed that. And then today, this was totally unrelated, but uh, Neil Francis's that I was going to buy on Bandcamp Friday, the gold version of Changes had been sold out for a long time and, and one popped yes. up. So I, I jumped on that. I got a vinyl uh, in the mail the other day from Discogs uh, by Shocking Blue. And Shocking Blue was a 60s and 70s psychedelic rock slash they called it Netterbeat, which is basically like a garage rock for the Netherlands. Hmm. Yeah. And the song that you guys would definitely know and probably love is Venus. The I'm your Venus, I'm your fire, your desire. Of course. Yeah. The singer is besides that song, and it's still a great song. Don't get me wrong, but her voice, uh, her name is Mariska Veras, is in my opinion, it I can see where a lot of the like the Riot Girls and even Mister Gnome, which is this Cleveland band where there's a, a female front uh, singer and is very powerful with her voice, because you wouldn't think to look at this girl, but she can project. She can really like sing heavy stuff. So there's other songs. The song that I'm I'm gonna pick is called "Send Me a Postcard." Besides that, they did a song called Love Buzz that Nirvana covered on Bleach. Yes. Phenomenal song. That song is phenomenal. I mean, that is a song that my my wife's a huge Nirvana fan. Yeah. Especially of Bleach. Like, she still plays it all the time in the car. Yeah. Like, front to back. And Love Buzz, I feel like, is always on. But whenever I have heard the shocking blue version, which I didn't know for a long time. Oh, awesome. um, And you're like, wow, this is really awesome. Like, killer song everything they do i've listened yeah it's weird it's kind of i never heard their other stuff i always wanted to check their other stuff out it's amazing it's and that's the thing is on the vinyl this is like a compilation of a couple albums so it's almost like a greatest hits kind of thing yeah and it's Mm -hmm. it's all good i've been listening to oddly enough king gizzard and lizard wizard released a single that is not metal is not thrash 
is not crazy psychedelic spacey. It's almost, I want to say, retro indie. <laughs> so uh, it's a song called Honey. Yeah. enough i listened to it today again because I, I really liked it the first time but it's like you know when you get the release radar you're almost like i'll listen through and if i love it i'll love it but otherwise i just kind of like out of sight out of mind yes and this one i loved but then i came back and i was like you know what it is it sounds like a donovan song it sounds like a harry nelson song but like if like through the filter of kevin parker of tame impala yeah that that song also popped up on my release radar i did i listened to it once it was cool yeah I, you never know i don't love all of king gizzard sometimes it's just too too much yes going on but honey was cool and i, I have to check it out again because i may play that on my radio show yeah sure. i think it fits the show too. And it it's one of those things that they're this band. And I think I'm seeing this with Boris and a few other bands is that there are some bands that can try every genre and slay it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, that is blowing my mind. Like before you would stay in your lane, right? Like, unless it's like, yes. I guess Mike Patton, he kind of jumped around a little bit, but most people, they would stay in that similar lane. Yes. It's pretty interesting. And then uh, a kind of a dark horse choice because I did not love their 2019 album. Gang of Four is back with an EP. And Change the Locks, I don't know what it is. Joe, you would love this song especially. It's just really good straight ahead, new wave rock, but it kind of has some synths and kind of has some more modern production. Okay. And I just, I, I re-listened to the 2019 album again today just to like see if there was anything there. I was so disappointed, but yeah. on this EP, I would say- Same with me. Yeah. And this EP, three of the four songs, I don't know if it's the passing of uh, the co-founder and guitarist, Danny Gill, that kind of inspired them to like really dig deep or maybe they need to make money because of the pandemic or whatever. Um, but this thing was great. Uh, it's an EP called Antihero. And yeah, I, I felt like the uh, song Glass and Forever Starts Now that was written by Gill are just equally as, not as good, but very solid. Very cool. Yeah, that, I think that song came up on my release radar as well. I have to. I heard a little bit of it. Yeah. I have to check check it out because I'm a huge Gang of Four. Their their old stuff. Right. Uh, Entertainment is uh, classic. A stone cold classic. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so for my picks, um, I'm going to start off with a album I also bought on Bandcamp Friday, but I don't think it was through Bandcamp. I think I bought it through Amazon. <laughs> um, it's uh, Pretenders. Chrissy Hind and the Pretenders are back. Awesome. Great album. They have an excellent new album, Hate for Sale. I highly recommend listening to it. Yeah. Um, just great rock and roll. 
in that pretenders style and her voice. great rockers. Her the voice, voice is, is so amazing. Voice is still there. I mean, she's yeah, gotta be like in her mid sixties at this point, but still there. Um, there's an awesome reggae song. I think in track three, there's a few like ballad songs that are great. Um, I played a couple of songs on my radio show recently. Uh, I didn't want to be this lonely. track called didn't know when to stop uh those are two great rock songs the title track is great hate for sale yep. so that's definitely one of them i would highly recommend checking out i also got a single from this band the beths b-e-t-h-s called i'm not getting excited from New Zealand. Um, this is their, off their sophomore record. Just came out. And I, so I just got four stars in Rolling Stone. Um, wow. Cool kind of pop punk uh, rock and roll led by a female uh, front woman. Has a really cool voice. And um, last choice is the band Fontaine's DC. They, if you, if, if you don't know this band, I don't know if Steve, if you've really listened to them. I know Josh, no, I don't I think you've to. heard them. But I need to. Yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, they they're really great. Um, they had a debut album last year, just last year, Dog Grill, um, which was had like universal acclaim. Uh, the Guardian in the UK called it a perfect debut album. Wow. Uh, most of the reviews were like eight, nine out of ten, like across the board, like Enemy and Pitchfork and everywhere. Um, they're like a post punk band, very much in the style. Speaking of Gang of Four. Gonna tie it back. Awesome. Uh, Super Gang of Four slash The Fall. Very. Um, they're they're from Dublin, but they got that like UK eighties punk, you know, post punk vibe. The singer sings in a, in a in a very monotone style, almost like the National um, singer. Awesome. Uh, Matt Berenger, like kind of like that, like that low kind of monotone. A lot of times he sings a little bit on some songs, but last sometimes it's just like sp- almost spoken word, like poetry. Um, but it, it really rocked. That album rocked. And they have a brand new album. Their sophomore album just dropped called A Hero's Death. Um, I actually haven't listened to the whole thing yet. Um, I've been trying to order the vinyl for it and kind of want to wait till I get it and listen to it that way. But the single, Televised Mind, uh, is a track I wanted to spotlight here. Televised mind. That's a televised mind. 
great. It really is, shows like what they are. Um, yeah. A little repetitive, but like in a cool way. It, it keeps building and building and building. So Fontaine's DC. Are they kind of like um, parquet courts? Yeah, I, I definitely compare them to parquet courts. And actually on my radio show, I played parquet courts after I played Fontaine's DC. That was a good <laughs> pick. Yeah. Yes. We're on the same wavelength. Yeah, it's like that quirky indie rock. Oh, man. A little bit of post-punk, a little bit of like this and that, you know, a little punk, a little, you know, sprinkles of a little couple of things. And, and they have this sort of very unique sound. And, That's um, awesome. To me, one of the best new rock bands in the world, really. Wow. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode and we hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks again to DJ Vivi and her mom, Erica, for joining us today. And remember to check out DJ Vivi's Instagram and the Funk Bus's Instagram to see what's going on with them. If you like the show, we'd love for you to subscribe and tell your fellow music-loving parents, dads, moms, whoever, to check out the podcasts and just friends in general. Um, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dad Rocks Pod and also on Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or anecdotes for us, or just want to give us a shout, you can email us at dadrockspod at gmail.com. Also, as always, we have a Spotify playlist for this episode and every episode that we've put out. It should be linked in in the description of this episode, but if not, you can just search up Dad Rocks episode, whatever, and then you'll see the playlist uh, pop up. Again, thank you for checking out the show today, and remember, dads, you rock. <laughs>